back in the lab for another edition of the official Jets podcast. we got a very special guest, Justice Gallick, head strength and conditioning of the New York Jets. You can find us on NewYorkJets.com, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, leave a review, SoundCloud, Google Play. I think that's it. Yeah, definitely leave a review, though. Yeah, no, please leave a review. We'd, and, li- we'd like to know how we're doing. Here. And, and I think we're also based on stars, too, our progress report. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, leave us a review, rate us. Thank yeah. you. That, that's what I'm looking for. Right. All right, Justice, I feel like we could talk about a thousand things here, but for fans that don't know, in a couple sentences, this is going to seem like a loaded question, but how would you describe your role and how it changes in-season and off-season for the team? Uh. Yeah, my role, well, thanks first and foremost for having me on here. I appreciate it, guys. Um, My role is always evolving, I guess. There's always a lot of things that go into it. Obviously, you know, strength and conditioning. So keeping the players strong, Mm -hmm. trying to get them in shape, um, you know, those are the givens. But there's also the recovery methods. The nutrition is part of what our our staff does down there. Um, You know, pre- and post-game, there's a lot of also just, you know, talking to the players we're, we're around the players 24 um, 7 they come to us for different things so you know our job is very multiple we have we have a lot of things uh, that we cover um, again I always go back the strength and conditioning are the the ones that you expect to happen um, but in, and then you talk about you know out of season we obviously have um, a lot more freedom because there's no game so you know when they're not playing a, a game we can do a lot more we can um, maybe push them a little bit more throughout the whole week where when we get to in season, a lot of our pushing is going to be done Monday through Wednesday and then kind of shut it down. We're the valve. So if we know practice, you know, is going to be tough um, or a little bit more that day on a Wednesday or Thursday, Friday, however coach structures it, you know, we know we have to turn it down a little bit and really take care of the players and realize like it's time to play football. It's not about training. Uh, but at the same time, we have certain things that we have to do on a weekly basis to make sure these guys are prepared to play. Um, you know, there's always injuries in this game. That's part of this sport. So we have to work through that just because a guy, you know, maybe has a wrist or a shoulder or something going on. Uh, we have to find a way to help him get better. We can't just say, well, we're not going to do the right arm because there's something wrong with that because more than likely he's going to play that week. Um, you know, and every situation is different. So even a guy that's out for a period of time in season, our job is to prep him and get him ready to go for Sunday. Mm-hmm. We, every week we assume that player is going to play Sunday. You know, we don't control that part of it. So um, there's a lot of different roles we take. It's always funny. Sometimes, you know, we talk more about sometimes it's a counseling thing where they can talk to us in between a set and, you know, we can you know, maybe help them feel better by the time they leave in a mental capacity that maybe they can't talk to other people about. Mm-hmm. So that's part of our role. Um, and, you know, we love that part of it. How have you been able to stick here for through three coaching staffs? You came yeah. on board, Rex Ryan. Then, you know, there's an uncertainty. A new guy comes in as Todd Bowles. Now the Jets make another move this offseason, and Adam Gase is the new leader of the green and white. That says something about you that not only have you been the head strength and conditioning coach of the New York Jets, but you've done it for three different people. Yeah, I'm very fortunate one, and I don't know how that's happened. You know, um, I'm very thankful for it, and I think part of it is working for good people. You know, all three of the coaches I've worked for, um, the general managers I've worked for, uh, have let me do my job and, and, you know, do what I needed to do to take care of the players. And I'm very appreciative to that and all the guys I've worked for. Um, but to answer your question, I don't know. 
I don't know how I've been here, and, uh, you know, across the league, it's not common. Um, you know, and I, and I always come back to I try to treat the players with respect, and I try to listen to what their concerns are, and, I, and I'll, I'm and i 100% loyal to the coaches and the players at all times. That's that's my job, and I, I try to be brutally honest, whether guys like it or not. And some of the feedback we get as a staff is guys like that, you know. Uh, we'll tell you if we think you need to do something. We're not just going to say, kind of going back to the – you know, if a guy's hurt, well, you got to do this still. You can't just stop. It's not going to work, you know. So we try to be brutally honest with the players uh, and be 100% loyal to our coaches and our management. And, you know, I think that's what's helped me. And what put you down this track that you said however many years ago, this is something that I aspire to be, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to help players? Yeah, I, I kind of fell into it. Um, I was a football coach. Um, until I got here. I coached football until I got to the New York Jets. I, I worked with the defensive line at Villanova. I signaled the defensive calls on game day. And when I got to the Jets, I was an assistant in 2012, and that was the first time I didn't actually coach an on-field position. Um, always been in the training since I was 13, bigger, faster, stronger, and, and going through programs in high school and then going into college. All my buddies um, are either football coaches or strength coaches from the, uh, Brockport, SUNY Brockport, where I went. Um, all of us, we're all in the business and somehow of football. Um, and then at Villanova, there was an opportunity to get in strength conditioning, and I, I took it, and I, I loved it. I just love working with the players hundred all the time. Um, you know, we're in, fo- in coaching football. Sometimes there's a lot of film work, and you're on the road recruiting and all that. I just like being in there and coaching guys, and that's something I've always loved. Uh, so it matched up well, coaching people, teaching people, mentoring people, and then training. I love training. I love being in the weight room myself. It's it's an addictive thing to be in there, you know. Um, my wife often tells me to take the day off or something like that. But, you know, I, I just love being in there. So I think that's really what led me to it. And I think, again, players feel that because we we're always trying stuff. My staff, myself, you know, I'm not the athlete my players are. But we try everything. We'll We'll go through the grind and do everything and then go, well, that didn't work. Or that worked really well for us, you know. So imagine what it's going to do for – you know, C.J. Mosley, if that worked for me, this is going to be awesome for him. So we always try to find those things and, and try to, you know, implement stuff we do with the players. So I think that's, you know, basically what led me to this point. Justice, you played at SUNY Brockport. You were a nose guard at 293 pounds. You weighed 200 pounds now. We'll get to that later. But you did not have a strength coach when you were playing college ball, did you? Correct. Yeah, we didn't have anybody the entire time I was there. Um our head coach and our offensive line coach kind of ran the program uh, that we trained in. Um, and the interesting thing is we um, there was a group of us, and we started to explore other opportunities, and we started to look at different ways of training and training methods. Um, a couple guys, uh, Nate Harvey, that, that uh, works for Elite FTS, is a, he's a power lifter. He was a strength coach for a long time. He, he kind of started us on the uh, conjugate method and West Side Barbell. He introduced us to that, uh, and he now ironically works with a bunch of guys that train in that facet. Um, Ed Jaskalski, who was with me up there uh, as a strength coach at, at uh, SUNY Brockport, track coach, we all kind of got into this, um, you know, finding ways to make ourselves better. You know, we were Division three athletes um, that, you know, really wanted to succeed and get as strong as we could and as big as – both of those guys – uh, powerlifted and and have huge numbers in powerlifting and in their own right. I just never got into powerlifting. I got into coaching right away and kind of you know went more the football route. Um, but that's really where I you know I think it all comes from. We we kind of just started to explore things and it's really never left me of looking for better ways to improve all the time. One of your new bosses, GM 
Joe Douglas, yep. was 315 pounds in eighth grade. He was a power <laughs> lifter. He was. So, first question is, is Joe down there a lot? Yes. Been banging the weights around? Yeah. And how much do you guys talk shop? Because this is right up his alley. Yeah, he loves he loves the weight room, and he appreciates what it can do for guys. Um, you know, and he he loves to get down there. He trains. He gets after it. And he still has it. He's still very strong. <laughs> uh, so he'll pick my brain. Um, you know about what I think about certain things, and he he knows a lot. He knows a lot about what we do. He understands how to get stronger. Um, so you know that that helps me out that he that he appreciates the weight room and he has a love for it. I think as much as I do. Um, you know, obviously for him, you know, being a former offensive lineman, offensive lineman loved the weight room, and then his powerlifting background. You know, all that kind of comes together, and that's that's a huge thing for me. Um, you know, that, that I love that he knows what we're doing and he'll ask questions about how guys are doing in certain lifts. And when I tell him, he, he understands it, you know, and he understands, you know, if a certain guy's doing a lot of weight or pound for pound, he understands what that means, you know, and I don't really have to explain it. He, he, he gets it, you know. He told me in Philly he had a lifting group. Does he have a lifting group with the Jets and who are his guys? I think he's still trying to grow it right now. He's <laughs> looking for those guys. Um, but I'm I'm trying to help him in every way to uh, create that group. So um, he definitely has a program that he uses, uh, that he follows. And, um, you know, he, he he's looking for that group, though, I think, still. You know, you mentioned that Joe picked your brain. It got me thinking, does it ever get annoying if you're at, like, a family event? I understand that. Well, you're in football, you work with the players, you're here a lot. But if you're at a family event, how many people come up to you, whether it's around the time of the new year, and they're like, hey, like, what do you think about this? And does it ever get annoying, or is it not annoying because you like it so much? What are you putting me on blast Yeah, now? a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't think it gets annoying. Um, I, like to, I like talking about it, and I like to try to help people. So I think at the end of the day, th- this, is, this is just funny because my brother-in-law, I coached. so. I coached him at Villanova University, and he's my brother-in-law now. Our wives are sisters. So Steve Pym, he's a, he's a cop in Upper Dublin down in uh, outside of Philadelphia. Um, he comes to me probably at least every other day with questions about training. And he is – but I've coached. I coached him for four right. years of college, and then we've, you know, now we're, we're family, which is funny. So I get questions nonstop at any family holiday thing. And then another guy who's like a brother to me, Phil Matus, is a uh, – the top assistant at Ohio State football, so he's in the he's in the business too. So if we're all together, it's it's nonstop training talk, anyways, and then we all go work out together, and um, so it's it's really uh, I don't mind it at all. I enjoy helping people. All my cousins that are back up uh, in Western New York, where I'm from, they all you know text me about certain things or you know supplements stuff like that. So I love being able to help out everybody, you know, and and uh, give my advice. You know, the only person you know that doesn't really ask me a ton is my wife you know we don't talk a ton about training but you know other than that you know if it's my parents or anything like that brother-in-laws it's my brother or any of those people so but how much information is free-flowing because this is a small fraternity still in terms of strength and conditioning coaches in the national football league and at colleges and one of the things that's always struck me about you is that you go out and travel to other places and talk about, hey, what are you guys doing? And you also exchange information, of course, what you're trying here. There's a lot of give and take, it seems like, in the field. Yeah, depending on who you are. Some people, you know, believe, um, 
they're reinventing the wheel and that they have all the answers and that's fine that's just not how i operate i operate in the the way that no matter what i do and if i told you everything i do you won't be able to duplicate what i do because it's me it's coming from me and the way i sell it so i can give you all the x and o's but until i until you see me or until you can do exactly what i do i'm not worried about you stealing what i can do i want to i want to maximize everything for our players so if you have a better way to do it well i'm going to i'm going to give you my information so i know your information advice you know i right. i want to collect as much data as i can and sometimes that's trading it off and you know, by no means do I believe that I have all the answers, but there's people out there that do have the answer to what I'm looking for. So I always try to, you know, get out there and see what what information I can collect, you know, and there's different areas and different people in the country that I'll go pick their brain or call them and say, hey, what do you think about this? What's, what do you think? And, uh, you know, I don't think there's any problem with that. And I protect, you know, the Jets logo and the Jets brand at all times when I go out there. Um, I'm not giving away, you know, any deep secrets of what, you know, um, Coach Gase, you know, is doing or anything. But I'm going to go, you know, share, like, this is how we do this exercise and these are the sets we do and this is how I talk to our players um, to get feedback from other other people. And if, if you're not willing to share information, then I'm probably not going to be out there talking to you either, you know. Sure. And I feel like we have to ask, this is going to come up at some point, but in your time here, Who's on the short list of biggest freaks in the weight room or people that just love to be there as much as you? Yeah. I mean, my staff, number one, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're not freaks, but with, you know, they, shout out. they love to be in there. Currently you, on the staff. you know, you got Joe Jacoby, yep. uh, Rawway's finest New Jersey guy played at Rutgers, you know, was a walk on earned a scholarship down there. Aaron McLaurin, he's been with me for six years. Um, you know, was with the Vikings. He was at Michigan state Colgate. He went to Hampton. And then uh, J.T. Hawhey, who came to us this year, he's our intern down there uh, from Ohio State. Um, he's from out near Cleveland, uh, and he did an internship at Ohio State with uh, Phil, who who I coached and is like a brother to me. So, you know, he was a good recommendation. And then the guy that's bringing up the height on our staff is uh, DeBrickashaw Ferguson, who's our seasonal intern this year. <laughs> um, so, you know, the tallest guy down there is Joe at about six foot. He'll say six two. But then, then we got Brick, you know, and DeBrickashaw is down there with us now. Um, you know, and he's one of those guys to me that was a freak as a player. Um, there's a reason he missed, I think, one play over the course of his career and made every practice. He won't ever say it, but I'll say it for him. It's because he worked his butt off the entire time. He never missed a day in the weight room. He was there, you know, all the time trying to better himself and, you know, dedicated himself to his craft for 10 years, um, you know. And that's why when he, uh, you know, come to me with the – I kind of – it was kind of mutual. We kind of came to each other with the opportunity. I said, if you want to be an intern, you can. He's like, really? And so he's like, probably that night I think he texted me back, hey, I want to do it. Um, so he's interning for us for the whole year. And it's a good way for him to kind of see the coach's side of what he did as a player, you know. And I think he'd be the first to tell you, like, it's it's different on our side, and he's seeing things maybe a little bit different way. But the unique thing about him that I can't offer, I didn't play in the NFL for 10 years at a high level, you know, at an elite level like he did. He can go to players and have a different conversation than me or my staff can, and that's why I love having him there, and he knows that. Um, you know, he can go talking, not just offensive linemen, but any guy that's kind of looking – uh, for a little bit of advice, and I and I'm telling you, and I introduced them multiple times. You know of who he is. I'm telling you, some of these players don't know who he is. You know they don't know, and they're gonna, you know, and they're gonna see, you know, highlights of him at at the stadium, and they're gonna be like, oh, is that the guy in the weight room? Because you know he's 50 pounds lighter, and you know everybody thinks he looks different, but it's still brick. Um, 
but he's he's a huge addition to our staff. So you said you got great belief in the staff. You believe you got the best staff in the country. But following up on what Green's asked you, and I interrupted because I wanted to make sure you got those names in there. Other players over the years that you've really enjoyed coaching up in the weight room. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of players that I've been fortunate to be around. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm look, just thinking off the top of my head. You got Nick Mangold who was in there all the time. Dave Harris was a weight room warrior. You know, he he lived in there with us. Uh, Calvin Pace, another guy. You know, he was back here for uh, training camp, and he still he still looks like he could play. Um, you know, Antonio Cromartie. Um, trying to think there's a there's just so many guys when I look back at my time here you know that have got in there and they appreciated the weight room and they worked every day um and you're talking about guys on the team now that you know you have to kick out of the weight room like a John Harrison uh Kelvin Beecham um people are going to get mad if I don't say their name but yeah, there's so are. I mean Steve McClendon uh Foley Fatikowski, all these guys, you know, you gotta you gotta boot them on the weight room. Jamal Adams is at the door at you know usually around five fifteen to five thirty a.m. waiting for me. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's here. Uh, and he doesn't uh, live around the corner either. Uh, I think he lives closer now. Oh, I think does he, he lives closer now? But he, you know, he's he is in there waiting for me to to take him through in the mornings. Um, but you got so many so many guys that on this team right now that are putting in the work. Um, you know. The, the the players on this team are are dedicated workers in the weight room, practice. They're running. Everything we do, you know, is so easy with this group. There's I'm not chasing anybody the, around. Maybe, you know, the way I had to um, in different years. Every year is different, obviously. You know, um, but we have a lot of guys here that are just hungry. You know, how would the program? How has your program changed over the years? Because I know you're adapting all the time, and that's part of the industry. But maybe look back and say, well. This is where it was the first year here. And maybe it's just not to say how your program's changed, but maybe how the whole industry has changed as we've progressed. Yeah. I mean, I think my bread and butter is always going to be what I believe in. You know, the heart and soul of what I believe in is, um, you know, staying balanced. As an athlete, they have to be balanced. We we sometimes think so much about, you know, even with kids, you think about, Oh, we got to do position specific and we can only do this one thing. He has to play baseball year round. And it's, that's not how this works. You know, no one is, our players aren't set up like that. Go back to DeBrickashaw. He was doing things in the off season. No one was doing Mar mixed martial arts, hockey, different things. He would swimming like, and that guy played an elite level. So that's a prime example. Like you need to get out there. You need to have, you know, total, uh, you know, be aware of your athletic ability, learn to move, in increase mobility, uh, Basic things, um, you know, I think is what really helps players. So, you know, we we talk about, you know, evolving the program. It's small things. It's really small things that we, th we feel like mobility, prehab, things that can help them stay healthy is what we really try to focus on, on the change. Um, and it's always a battle because you're going to see something new every year, you know, um, no matter what, no matter what you do. All right. One of the most important questions in the weight room, Greens, is, Who's controlling the music, and what are we listening to now in 2019? Uh, the the runners of the radio currently are Brian Winters, Bilal Powell are the two most veteran players on this team. So they, uh, 
Yeah. Longest tenure. Longest tenure jet. So they're they're in full control. Really? That, yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. So longest tenure jet is who we give control to. And if they're not in there, if say they're in a different lifting group, then it goes to the next guy down the line. Oh. So I just have to do some math sometime. Usually it's the oldest guy in the room though. No matter what, even if they've been here for a year, you know, they control it. A lot of times, to be honest with you, I'll put something on until they complain. So yeah. oh. I kind of know what they like to listen to. So I put on what I think they'll like. Try to set the mood with it. Um, I'm I'm pretty successful. I'm pretty successful. So Again, I will go back to the guy that gives me the most um, uh, feedback on the music is probably Jamal. He'll tell <laughs> yeah. me to skip songs. He'll tell me he likes uh -huh. it. Uh, him and Marcus and the whole just the DBs in general, I guess. But uh, that's when I know if I'm doing a good job or not on the music, the <laughs> DJ. So I run it. I run it most of the time. Does Jamal dance? In between sets, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Um, it depends on where we're at. If it's uh, if he really likes the song, or it depends on the exercise we're doing too. If we're doing like big squats and uh, contrast exercises, we might get him dancing a little bit between. But um, during training camp, there was some good moments with the defense, especially um, when after a lift they would just kind of just have fun and dance. And it, it's such a it's a fun group. Um, you know, the defense is definitely uh, always a different animal. So, um, yeah, it just depends on the day. Usually if they're dancing, I know we got good energy and they, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they're working hard. So uh, I'll take it every day of the week. What about McClendon, who's like the philosopher on this team? He's seen a lot of football, 33. You got him. You've helped him in terms of being in great shape. He doesn't play like a 33-year-old. I can't imagine he's got too many musical requests. No, he does. Well, yeah, he does sometimes. He does? Yeah, and he, you know, and to Steve's credit, like he's he he always says, you know, his big his big thing to say is the gym's always open. Yeah, it's so, all over his Instagram. You know, <laughs> oh, so there you go. I mean, so you know, for me, like that guy is a work. You know, he's a workaholic. He he's opening a gym back home. He's he's building this gym, and uh, he loves what we do. He'll be a strength coach when he's done or personal trainer. He's into this. Um, but as far as music, he likes some, you know, some Southern throwbacks, some Little John, some Eastside, some stuff like, you know, from the, the mid-2000s, some, you know, some crunk music. That's oh, what he gets yeah, into. He'll time. get into that, you know. Uh, but he likes it all. He'll ask for that every now and then because Steve's probably um, the strongest guy on our team. Uh, squat, bench, pull up, you know, really? you name it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's the weight he does is incredible. But he... Uh, he get he gets what he wants when he's ready for it. You know, he doesn't ask for it often, but he when he does, he gets it. I feel like winners controlling the the aux cord. He he. I know he's a big country guy, but does he bump country while lifting? No. Okay. Uh, only if it's like me and him. Okay. Fair. Every enough. once in a while, I mean, he he's he likes Little Wayne. He likes he likes a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I'll ask for for some rock every now and then. Um, we've we've been on a big kick in the weight room of like rap rock from the mid two thousands, which is you know that's that's my age right there. Like the rap Limp Biscuit okay. and Corn and Papa oh, yeah? Roach, Disturbed, Papa Roach, some stuff like that. Some of those, the old linemen will get it. They'll get it that going when we go in there. So, uh, you know, I appreciate the guys that like all the music because you know uh, it makes it fun. We could change it up. We have. Uh, on Fridays, uh, we have Gap Bam Fridays, so which is like kind of like Motown type music. That's Kelvin Beecham Day, so that stays that's on Kelvin all day. <laughs> that music does it. That's our Arm Farm Day, so everybody that comes in, we listen to the Gap Band station. You might get some Michael Jackson and stuff like that on you there. You said but, Arm Farm. Yep. 
does that mean? The arm farm, well, that's where we're growing arms, you know. Okay. That's our TV day. we got to make the arms look good. So that's not a mandatory day. That's definitely uh, the defensive line, our linebackers, offensive line. They get in there and do it. So, um, you know, it's mostly arms, some core, some Is shoulders. that arm farm throughout the National Football League on Fridays? Because I, yeah, I would know, say yeah. so. And the programs that are doing it right, yeah, they're yeah. definitely doing arm farm. <laughs> programs yeah. that are doing definitely it right. doing the, well, doing well the arm put. farm. Yeah. You, know? You, you know who I, I remember back in the day was Thomas Jones, yeah. always rocking and rolling there on Fridays. And he had quite possibly the biggest arms. Yeah. I never, I never coached him, but I saw him on TV, and that, yeah, he did it right. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but he did it right. They, they were going, you know. But, you know, you get some of those guys like John Harrison and uh, Bronson Kafusi. Those guys get in there and, and get it going. Yeah, Bronson's uh, arm day a big early. dude. You know, they get it going. Kel and Beecham's in there. Beecham's usually the first guy on Fridays. He's around six, six fifteen, and they're kicking off Arm Farm. Um, Leonard Williams, you know, some of those guys getting in there. So. You know, it's 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 a good group coming in there. What's the biggest misconception of dudes at home who are like uh, uh, took uh, the words right out of my mouth? I, I, I'm 35, 40 years old, and I just want to get back into shape and get in the weight room. What's the biggest misconception out there? That you can out train a bad diet. So no matter what you're doing in the weight room, if you're if you're eating poorly and you know, you know, doing the wrong things, you're it's not going to happen. You know, like that's the first step. You know, even if it's you know, we talk about it with our players. If it's 80, 20. You don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to, like, get crazy. But, you know, clean it up. You know, do do some things right. That will take care of it because you don't have to do as much. You don't, mm -hmm. have to, you don't have to crush yourself in the gym, you know, to get a result. Just start eating better. You'll lose weight, right? We know that if you eat less calories, you'll lose weight. If I eat more calories, I'll gain weight, you know. So if you're eating less calories and you're working out, it's pretty easy. How know? militant are you in terms of not only your physical regimen, because we've covered that, but your diet? Because look at you, man. Yeah. People, uh, I don't know if they've uh, followed your evolution, the Gallic re uh, evolution. Probably not. You, <laughs> you are he lean has. and mean, 200-pounder. Yeah. You look like you are ready to take care of some business right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, and again, it goes back to the training. If I, um, to answer your question, I'm I'm pretty militant on eating. Uh, again, my wife is the one that tells me to, to just relax. but. Um, I try to be Milton. I try to be very restricted and regimented. One, right, I'd show the picture when I was a, a nose tackle. Like, I look completely different, you know. Um, my daughter's the only one that recognizes me and my parents. That's about it. My <laughs> wife doesn't. You know, I look completely different. Um, and I say, you know, as I get older, i got to be smarter with certain things. But I try to be very diligent when I do something. And when I commit to something, I'm pretty good about sticking to it, um, you know, wholeheartedly, whether it's right or wrong. Um, you know, I've tried everything, paleo, keto, uh, carb cycling, um, the Dolce diet, a anything I, I, I do, I get hard onto it. You know, I get hard into what I'm trying to do and, and stick it out. And my players, I think, appreciate that, you know, especially the guys that are into it and they're trying to find ways. And that way, if a guy brings up something, you know, it's always the, you know, well, uh, you know, I only do Olympic lifting or only do powerlifting. Well, that that doesn't make sense. I I can't say that unless I've tried, mm. you know, it wholeheartedly and put my time into it. Or I don't eat carbohydrates. Or I only eat carb. You know, like I'm vegan or I'm you know, uh, you know, whatever you want to be, vegetarian. I have to experience those things in order to really comment on them. What's your favorite cheat meal aside from having? He ain't maybe, stealing all all my good uh, questions uh, here. Maybe, maybe aside from having a beverage. You know? Yeah, uh, that's that's. 
That's always a good one, but but I mean pizza. I'm a big pizza guy. Oh, nice. Um, so, you know, I'm a pizza connoisseur, I like to believe. Uh, so we like to try all different pizza, and being here in Jersey, there's a lot of good pizza that we uh, will try out. You know, Pizza Friday is a big thing in my household, and uh, so that's usually a cheat day. I usually make sure I train real hard on uh, <laughs> on my Friday and then, uh, you know, be be good on the weekend for uh, Saturdays and game days. So. Thin crust or thick crust? You know, uh, I'm an in-between guy. I'm like okay. that in-between. Um, EA can, uh, you know, knows the pizza that that we grew up on. I'm still a fan of that. I won't say that, where it's from, but it's, uh, you know, I'm still a fan of that. Uh, I like Detroit-style pizza. If you ever had that, that's very good. I've not had Detroit-style uh, it's, pizza. It's very good. It's it's uh, people don't know about it, and I didn't until like probably last year we went up there and I tried it. But uh, uh, I, I like that medium. You know, like good pepperoni yeah. and. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, you gotta, gotta have get some that, pepperoni. On. Gotta get all that, you know. Yeah, and you're a hockey fan too. I am a hockey fan. Yeah, I do enjoy hockey. Um, you know, born and raised around it, so, um, you know, yeah. I know you are too. And, and, yeah, we, we our roots go back to yeah. the seven one six. Yeah, not the heard. Bills, everybody. No, nope. Buffalo Sabers. <laughs> yep, Sabers. Yeah. So if you see me and Justice wearing a Buffalo uh, hat, it's got a saber on it's all right yeah yeah all right well that's all we have here on the official jets podcast justice thanks for coming to the play mgm studios again newyorkjets.com youtube apple podcast soundcloud google play rate us review us let us know how we're doing and justice thanks again enjoy enjoy some pizza yeah thanks for having me guys